Well, during this Advent period, we're hearing uh, the voices of some of those who played an important part in the gospel stories of the birth of Jesus. And for those of you who were here last week, uh, we had a very powerful narration from Emma of uh, the story of Elizabeth. And uh, today we're going to be looking at another of those figures. And uh, we felt that this kind of uh, narration uh, mode of doing things uh, helps to bring across something of the, the power of the voices of uh, the characters. My memory of what I've written isn't quite so good as Emma's, so I have some notes. Um, but I think it's uh, an alternative way. Uh, it's not the norm, and our norm in terms of coming to the Bible is to explain and to apply, and that's very good. Uh, but certainly for me in recent years, this alternative way to hear some of the voices uh, has uh, been very helpful. So I want to introduce myself. Simeon. Well, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, you're dead. It's always the same. People are always saying to me, Ah, Simeon, I know about you. You said, Now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. Or a few people who know Latin uh, say, Oh yes, the nunc dimittis. It's as if I never had a life. All I said was, It's time for me to die. So I want to put all this in a little bit of uh, a context. I actually want to tell you the real story, the story of my life. So let's go back to the beginning, back to Jerusalem. Now once I was old enough to realize that I came from Jerusalem, I was, I was pretty proud about that. Uh, and actually I couldn't quite understand uh, my parents, I couldn't entirely figure them out because they weren't so interested in this great history that we had. I mean, they knew about the city of David and all that, but their view was, well, it was a very long time ago. We're trying to make a living today. This doesn't affect us very much what happened all that time ago. But for me, growing up, all the details were fascinating. We were part of something that had been going on since the time of Abraham. Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I felt we were almost in, in their shoes. I could feel myself walking in their shoes. Well, probably I wouldn't have kept all this up, all this interest. But somebody who was in our synagogue helped me a lot. Uh, she was a few years older than me, and we struck up a friendship. She talked to me a lot. Her name was Anna. And she explained to me uh, that, as far as she could see, the Jewish faith was really at a low ebb. And she said, that's actually why people like your parents are not all that interested. They've drifted away from our great tradition. And she was pretty outspoken. She said that she and some other people who were around believed that the faith of Israel had actually been corrupted. It had been corrupted, she said, by groups of people 
the legalistic Pharisees she spoke about, the worldly Sadducees. These were the ruling classes, and they've corrupted things, she said. She was quite dramatic in the way she put it. She spoke to me about the fact that now God was silent. She said once, prophecy is non-existent. Well, I joined uh, the little group that Anna was part of. They were studying the scriptures. And we studied some texts that I'd never really come across in, in the synagogue. And I remember one of these studies on the book of Malachi. It's right there at the end of your Old Testament. And these were the words that uh, we read together in our group. Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. And the Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. Now, the leader of our group, Joshua, he was, he was quite a character. Uh, and uh, he would kind of go around talking to us and say, look, do you understand these texts that we're reading? Do you understand that 400 years ago, this is what God said, that he recognized those people uh, that were talking about him and listening to him. And then Joshua said, and we are those people. Today, we're doing the same thing 400 years later. We're listening to God. We're reading about God. And God knows us. He knew them, and he knows us. Wow, that made me sit up, as you can imagine. And another bit of Malachi that we were reading said this, For you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. What's this Son? What's this Son of Righteousness, I wondered? And just a little bit further on, I will send Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. I was really moved by that. I thought, if only me and my parents could come together, if our hearts could come together. But a lot of it was beyond me. Of course, I'd read about Elijah. What a prophet. <laughs> I loved those stories uh, of power, the fire coming down. You know, I really wanted God to zap a few people now like he did then. But Elijah was long dead. How could he come back? And what was this great and awesome day of the Lord? Well, I lost touch with most of that group. They went on their different ways. Uh, Anna got married. She moved. I married Judith. We were blessed with children. And I built up a good business, making and mending shoes. But I kept reading and thinking and praying, Elijah, is there a powerful prophet who's going to come? And I actually used to speak to some of my customers about these thoughts of mine when they came into the shop. Uh, of course, you can imagine what happened after a little while. They would come in very seriously, knowing that I wanted to talk about some of these spiritual things, and they say, Simeon, I really want to talk about my soul. And then, of course, they would produce their shoe. Ha, 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 that's the soul I want you to mend. Uh, or soul-saving Simeon. Uh, that was another one. But still, 
occasionally some of them, we did have some serious conversations. So it went on through life and the children scattered. And finally, Judith and I got to the stage where we thought, it's about time to give up the business, all that filling in forms that the Romans were so keen on and the taxes, and I was tired of it. So Judith and I, we thought, let's move out. And I fancied going to the hill country of Judea. So that's what we did. We moved out, and we met this very special couple there, Zechariah and Elizabeth. They really welcomed us. And though Zech was a priest, we never felt there was a gap between us and him. In fact, through Elizabeth, Judith got really interested in the Scriptures. So again, we had a little group, a group that were studying reminded me of that group so long ago. And the conversation often seemed to turn to the idea that something new was going to happen in Israel. Then, as you know, Zechariah had this amazing experience. It was his big day, I mean big, uh, going into the temple to burn the incense. And lots of us, his friends, were there to support him. Then he came out, dumb. It was scary. The only communication that Zeg had with me was he wanted to point to this Malachi passage, my old passage in uh, my early group. I will send Elijah. Well, later I understood something about this, but at the time it didn't make any sense. But I had a stronger and stronger feeling that something was going to happen soon. And I started to wait in silence every day, just asking God, is there something you're going to tell me? And there were some words came, words about comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And then, of course, after a few months, this group of us out in the the hills uh, knew that Elizabeth and Zechariah were going to have a baby. And then John was born. And then Zechariah spoke again. And he explained more about Elijah, that John, their little baby, was going to be a kind of Elijah, that he was going to get something ready, get ready for the Lord. And he said, in all of this, God's grace is going to be at work. The Lord, his grace, what was all this about? Well, what made a massive difference, as I struggled to understand, was that I met up with Anna again. Remember I mentioned Anna way back uh, in, the, uh, in the early group? And I met her up again after all these years, and we talked, and she said, oh yeah, I was, I was married for only seven years, and uh, since then I've uh, been doing other things that uh, have helped people, I think, a bit. And I could see that she was really an amazing person, this unique wisdom. Uh, that she had obviously been sharing with people. I met her in the temple in Jerusalem. I went in from, from time to time, actually very occasionally. Uh, what was going on in the temple, I have to say, made me really angry. It was, it was just like a massive shopping arcade. This temple, this house of prayer, <laughs> dream on. But one day, Anna said to me, can you be here in the temple in a couple of days' time? It wasn't very convenient. Judith and I had arranged a day out. But I felt that somehow God's Spirit was leading me. Have you had that feeling? And I had it very strongly. 
So, so I went. Lots of people were in the temple. Lots of children being brought so that their parents could dedicate them. And I asked Anna, well, what should we be looking for? What's it about this special time in the temple? And then she pointed. She said, it's them. It's him. Them? Him? She was pointing to a very ordinary couple. Young mother, slightly older father, by his hands, probably a carpenter, I thought. And I realized I'd seen the mum before. Yes, Elizabeth's cousin. Of course, I'd been hearing something, some odd things. Anyway, Anna said, go, go, go. And when she said, go, you went. And so I went and I introduced myself. I'm Simeon. They introduced themselves. Hello, I'm Joseph. This is Mary. This is our special son, Jesus. We're from Bethlehem. And then it happened. I asked if I could take the baby in my arms. And these words came out. Now I can depart in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you've prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And as I had this little boy, I had a picture in my mind that way beyond our nation of Israel, God was going to bless people, many places, all through time to come. And he was going to do it through this child. Mary and Joseph didn't really know what to say, although I felt that they knew what I was trying to say, especially Mary. Here in this tiny child, fragile and vulnerable, was light, salvation, glory. I felt a power to bless them. But there was something else, difficult actually, to say to Mary, I felt. This child is appointed for the fall and rising of many. It was like the world was going to be turned upside down and it was going to be difficult. And it got harder. This baby will be a sign that is opposed. And Mary, a sword will pierce through your soul. I mean, who wants to say that to a proud young mum at a time like that, that there's going to be a sword? I felt terrible. But Anna fortunately rescued me. She came along and she took Jesus and she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke about the great things that were in store for those who were looking for the redemption of Israel. And she guided Mary and Joseph away and they talked for a long time. Well, that was it, really. I'd been given the remarkable words. I had actually seen the promised one. Now I did expect to die. I was in my late 70s after all. But I didn't die for a while. The next few years, things happened. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were a great help still. John, their son, was amazing. But there was hard things as well. Judith died. And I was just wondering. But one last visit that I made to the temple made it all okay. I wasn't really expecting anything special. (laughs) Still the shopping arcade. But I saw Mary and Joseph. That was exciting. Hadn't seen them. Asking how they were. Asking how Jesus was. They said, yeah, he's 
He's fine. He's 12 years old now. We had a good chat. Then later, would you believe it? I saw Jesus in the temple on his own debating with the religious teachers. It was enough. The light, the revelation. It was true. I hope that you've seen, as I saw, a light that goes round the whole world. It's for us. It's for all people.